0: The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest, where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome along everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, here to take you through the MLB action, what's happened this week, what's going to happen this weekend, we'll make some picks and uh, give you some pointers and to help me along that journey tonight, as always from Houston, Texas, is Munaf Manji. Munaf, good evening, how are you doing?
1: Good evening sir so should I guess say good night to you uh I know it's later for you you're about uh what
0: 5 hours ahead on eastern standard time Yeah we're getting on the uh, on towards the cusp of midnight but um yeah. I've been out I've been out working tonight I've been uh obviously I'm a bit of a, am the porcher when i'm in this situation but then earlier tonight i turned gamekeeper because i've been there uh, i've been running the blackjack table so yeah. i like to keep i like to keep myself on both sides of the line moon i've keep the options open dealing blackjack at a wedding i mean that's real D-gen stuff there isn't it
1: oh you gotta love it uh you know you got a wedding but hey once you say i do it'd be like hey wife uh, i'm taking a break i'm gonna hit the blackjack table so <laughs> that's pretty awesome malcolm a man that wears many hats so uh Appreciate you, you know, I know it's late there, but, you know, we're going to keep on pa- pounding out this content for our listeners.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm catching up with stuff mm. uh, that's been happening tonight as I go along. So, um, there's been there's been some games tonight already and uh, the Blue Jays have beaten the Yankees in a doubleheader. We're going to talk about the Yankees in a little while and actually mm. we're going to talk about the, uh, the young lad who's pitched for Toronto as well tonight. Um, There's been quite a few close games, quite a low score in early slate. Um, A lot of 5-2s and 5-3s, 3-2s, things like that. Um, So not many runs about tonight uh, getting into the evenings games. Um, But we'll start where we usually do, which is by unpacking uh, what we picked last weekend. So the Sunday night um, recording, we always take a... A going to dog uh, each. And we went better this week. We, we've kind of been a little bit unlucky, we think. Uh, the process of being okay without necessarily the results. We've had starting pitchers who've gone deep into games uh, and then had the bullpen blow up on them. Um, and this week, we've, between the two of us, we've managed to go three and four, Yeah, uh, So talk me through um, your two picks and how you got on. Because actually, your second one was possibly a little bit unlucky. Um, you could you could uh, weasel your way out of that if you tried really hard because the uh, the starting matchup changed pre-game.
1: Yeah, and those are uh, kind of unlucky now, right? So, um, yeah, you know, I hit. Uh, we'll start with the lock. I think you know the original matchup was Flaherty versus Giolito. No, it was Flaherty versus...
0: It was Rodon. It was meant to be Rodon. Yeah,
1: Rodon and Flaherty. I took the under in that game. And then the matchup got changed to Rodon, got replaced by Lucas Giolito. And uh, that kind of blew up in my face because I took the under in that game and I ended up, what, 7-2 to through, I think, what, three or four innings? I think by the fourth or fifth inning, it was like it had, the over had already cashed. So... A bit of a bad luck there, but, uh, you know, it came back, I think, believe it was yesterday, John Gant, against uh, Carlos Rodon, you know, the pitching matchup changed. So it took, still took Gant. I believe it closed at, a. I think it was around plus 165, plus 170 Yeah, that was dogs. a big price Muna. Yeah, and, uh, and the funny part about this game was Rodon pitched, like if you look at the stats and like the, the box score, it's almost that um, – uh, Rodon pitched a better game than Gann. He just scanned through a shutout game in five innings. He gave up five hits, no runs, but Carlos Rodon through six inning only gave up one hit, but that one hit was a home run. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then they got, they. I think they tacked on three more after that in the late innings. And uh, But you got to give credit to the Cardinals pitchers there. They shut out this uh, White Sox offense. So that was, you know, something exciting to see. So, uh, between those two, you know, we came up a little bit, um, you know, it's always good to hit a dog because it sometimes covers for your, for your losses on a, uh, if you take a, a lock, which is around, maybe around a 125, 130, 135. In this case, I was able to catch the plus 170 dogs. So, um, you know, one in one with a little bit of profit is it doesn't kill anybody, but you, you, sir, you had a perfect week. I knew you were going to turn around sooner or later and <laughs> you this week.
0: Yeah, I did okay, and it all kind of went to plan. I know with any amount of uh, baseball bets, you do need that slice of luck, um, like you've seen with, that you got with uh, with your John Gantt selection. Um, so my luck was, it was only last night, actually, Wednesday night game, and it was um, Smiley versus Pavetta, uh, Braves mm-hmm. and the Sox. And we talked on the pod last week that maybe it would be I thought maybe eight and a half, nine, you thought was nine and a half. I think it actually got up to 10 because yeah. did, I, see, I see you maybe tipped this up, moon off either on Twitter or in the Slack channel. You were quite sweet on this.
1: Yeah, in the Slack channel. And um, the the pitching matchup was correct. You know, and it was just a two game series between these two teams. And I was kind of looking at both of these guys' numbers the night before. And if, if I get time at night, I like, I like doing that. Um and I, I thought that our number when we talked about on the pod was a little conservative. So I thought it would probably come around nine and a half, maybe a 10. And I mentioned this in the Slack channel that, you know, if, if you it, it did come out 10 and I was like, you know, go ahead and jump on that. Because by the time this number might move to 10 and a half by the morning and and it did, it moved to 10 and a half. But um, at that point, it didn't matter. You know, they uh they took care of business. Uh, you you want to go and talk to talk us through that? I know there was a rain delay. I was keeping my eye on the score, but uh, I was hoping that uh, they wouldn't suspend the game or or just call it because then our bets wouldn't have cashed.
0: Yeah, the game finished nine five, so it came in relatively bloodlessly, and it was one of those games where the runs came at regular intervals. Often you might get a, a high scoring game where you you might get a six run half inning or something like that. Yeah. Um, that never really happened. There was there was one or two runs were getting tagged along on every inning, so it was uh. It was over by the by the fifth or sixth kind of thing. So I was delighted with that. It's been a it's been a, a long time coming to, to land my lock and my dog. Be, um, my dog again did well. We John Means is someone who we followed. You've been particularly sweet on him. Mm. You tipped him up when he had his no hitter a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but my thinking was uh, it was just really the better team, yep. uh, and Minnesota had shown. A few signs of life. Uh, they were in that extra innings game on actually on Sunday night when we were talking, and they got the they got the win. Uh, Karinchak gave up um, three runs, which he hasn't done all season in uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota. got their first uh, extra innings win, so it eventually landed in a black number where we've been chasing <laughs> the Reds for the last few weeks. Um, but they've been shown a few signs of life at Minnesota, yeah. and Shoemaker uh, Shoemaker did well. He was three one up through seven. Mm. Um, which shows that the process was kind of right, and they broke it open late on and won that eight to three. Yep. So between us, we went three and four. Um, we can excuse you, yours, because of the pitching change. Uh, so we'll let you off there. Um, our tally site picks if you go to tally or look on the sportsgamblingpodcast.com and embedded on the MLB tab, or our uh, tally side picks I've managed to get to 23 and 20 for the week I seem to be stuck on this number it's either 53 54 55% every mm. week however there's a little caveat here because after Tuesday night I was 7 and 15 um yeah. So I've made a right old comeback. So I think I've gone 18 and five since then. I've had to screw my head on cause I, I couldn't sit here or in good faith with a seven and 15 record moon. So I thought before I pulled these headphones on, I was going to have to get back into the fancy numbers. Uh, so I've gone, uh, what does seven and 15. So yeah, 15 and five, uh, 16 and five since then. Yeah. Uh, so got, got my head back in front for the week, got, got back above water. Um, and still looking to see what happens on this uh, tonight's slate of games. Uh, Will's been doing all right again. Uh, I noticed Will Moorman uh, was hanging around the 60 percent mark, which is quite low for him. He's not he'd be disappointed <laughs> with that. He, his percentage normally starts with a seven. Uh, okay. how have you been going, Mooner?
1: Yeah, I mean, yesterday I think I kind of got my head back above water, but today's a little. Today I took a took one on the cheek here. Uh my picks today, I think, are only two and five, two and six on the day. So that that kind of dropped my percentage down to forty one percent. But like you, I'm gonna need some of your luck and hopefully I can turn around here for the rest of the weekend and get my head back above water. Um, but still trending at fifty-three percent. You know, all of us again are at that for the season at fifty-two and better. So um I'm gonna to have to either shake your hand virtually and and Will's <laughs> hand virtually, so I can get some of that luck uh, for for my picks going into the weekend here.
0: Yeah, so the there's some bits and bobs of things happened around the league this week. It was a fairly a bit busier uh, week than than what we had to talk about on Sunday. Um, the Mets got Degrom back, uh, which was important. This is the I think maybe the third time he's come. He's he's they've put him on the aisle. Oh, sorry. They, they made him miss a turn and said he wouldn't have to go on the aisle. Then they brought him back. Then he had to miss a little bit more time. Then eventually he did land on the aisle. Um, yep. But he came back this week, got no run support as per usual. Um, But um, light and shade for the Mets uh, that Noah Syndergaard uh, was back from Tommy John surgery uh, had been doing okay uh, in his rehab uh, down at singly. I think he'd been pitching, um, mm-hmm. but, was pulled out of a game on Tuesday evening, I think it was, and has since been shut down from throwing for at least six weeks. Yeah, Um, That division is very tight at the minute. It's a little bit scruffy. Um, And we mentioned when talking about the Mets that if you wanted to back the Mets at minus odds, you'd be backing, you're not backing the Mets that, Rolling out every night now because they're virtually unrecognizable as an MLB team. You're back in the Mets. It would be rolling out in July and August, but with Syndergaard um, being shut down, that that um, knocks a little hole in that in that second half of the season for the Mets, Moon.
1: Yeah, that's tough, and, and I know I, I was I saw the news actually come across my screen today for some reason for the Syndergaard news, and. Um, they're just, yeah, they're shutting him down for six weeks, but it's not. They said there's no new damage. So I'm not sure if it's like they're just being extra cautious or, you know, there's soreness or something that he's dealing with during his rehab or, you know, when he was throwing it down there in single A. But um, it's concerning, but it's not concerning, right? Because you want to get, you know, a pitcher like him back into your rotation. Uh, luckily, we got. DeGrom back this week and, you know, his 10-day uh, IL stink wasn't It wasn't too serious or no, nothing more came out of that for uh, Jacob DeGrom. Um, hopefully, you know, nothing. Hopefully we get Syndergaard back maybe in uh, two or three months here and maybe he's there for a stretch run for the Mets when they really need him. Because like we talked about last week with the NL East, you know, I think this division, again, is going to come back, come down to that final month nationals you know update for that for that uh, division since we talked about it on sunday nationals are still the last place team in that league only or in that division only three and a half games out so uh new york is still chugging along they have a two and a half game lead there but you know we know that can vanish over the weekend you know if they get on a bad streak and one of these other teams get hot so uh you know definitely something to keep an eye on for that division i and i'm trying to monitor that division at least every day and Watching some of these NLEs games uh, pan out.
0: Yeah, I was keeping an eye on uh, Miami actually again because we we kind of fancied them. Mm-hmm. or mentioned they were they were value at thirty to one and then sixteen to one over the last couple of weeks, and they've uh, kept their head above water against the Phillies in in the last couple of games. Um, Phillies got past them three two tonight in a close one. Um, but I'm still I'm still watching the Phillies relatively close. Uh, the Marlins relatively closely there. Um, there was, there's was there been quite a lot of injury stuff this week. Zach, please, Zach. um You would laugh if he wasn't on my fantasy team because the first, the first thing he did, I saw the little red suitcase, which turns up uh, when a player's been injured. So I click on the little red suitcase to see just what horrific injuries suffered. And it tells me that he's dislocated his thumb, aggressively ripping off his shirt. Um <laughs> Snow even don't laugh me. I was furious. Um so he, he got pulled from the game. He was pitching really well on might have been Sunday or Monday night. Um then no. all of a sudden he just lost it in the middle of the fourth inning, I think it was. Gave up three or four runs, and then he's obviously had a bit of a paddy um back in the in the locker room or the dugout and aggressively ripping off his shirt. Um, we talked last about, uh, who punching the bench and uh, he's done himself in for a few weeks, if not months, uh, and Pleasac's done the same. So I was not impressed with any of that, um, but that's going to hurt the Indians as well because they're kind of on a, they were treading a very fine line. They, they needed a lot of things to go right for them to stay competitive and something like that isn't going to help them at all. Um, Cody Bellinger. Big player for the Elliott Dodgers is slated to return on Saturday. Yep. Um Corey Kluber shut down for four weeks. We talked about the Yankees. We talked about their pitching, whether or not it would hold up. Mm-hmm. And Kluber was one of those really important. They've got they had a few important players who were good to tip the balance for them one way or the other. Uh, who could really make or break their season? Because the, you know the top end's going to be good. Uh, the bottom end shouldn't really be that important if the middle guys could do them a job. If Corey Kluber could go from average to a little bit better than average, um, and they were just clicking doing that, we've uh, we've seen that they've thrown however many quality starts in a row. Was it maybe six or seven? They've done really yeah. well. And then all of a sudden Kluber going down for four weeks, uh, just um, knocks the Yankees a little bit.
1: Yeah. And we talked about Kluber being that middle of the row pitcher in that rotation, being a, being that a solid third guy, but he turned it around this season after, you know, a slow start, but um, he all of a sudden became one of the best pitchers, like a number two guy, or even that number one guy in this rotation. And, I think he used up all his juice when he went out and threw that no hitter, so they shut him down for four weeks yeah. um, with the injury. But uh, you know, again, last week I think we kind of cursed ourselves because over the weekend we said there wasn't any major news as far as guys coming back from injury or guys getting injured, and now we have a plethora of injuries. So um,
0: yeah, the the list will look like goes on and on and, and on. You had Marcelo Zuna for six weeks dislocated yeah. his ring finger. Uh Bryce Harper, I don't know what the Phillies were doing mucking about with him. He was clearly injured. Yeah. Um and they said he would have to miss a day, then maybe two days. And ever we were just all waiting for the announcement that he was going on the yep. on the aisle. And sure enough, um mm. Harper's gone. Yeah. Uh, there was two or three Peripheral stories around the MLB this week—just the kind of stuff that baseball, baseball does enjoy, or MLB in particular does enjoy, shooting itself in the foot and trying to make itself look ridiculous in what is a competitive market when it's got the NBA and the NFL and stuff to contend with. Um, they're just a, this isn't really a particularly funny story, but it was uh, it was Mickey Calloway in the Angels who's been suspended for ages and ages and ages. Um, Having done all manner of inappropriate things, um, but the the investigations just took forever. But what made me laugh was that everyone in the organisation calls him Dick Pick Mick. So <laughs> at that point, if that's your nickname, Moonuff, then I don't I don't know how much further the investigation had to go. I was like, right, okay, what's he supposed to do? This, what's his nickname? Dick Pickwick. I mean, the clues are there. Like, uh, so that made me laugh. So eventually, they they, they sacked him, and he's been um, he's been blackballed from from baseball for however for however long. Um, and then there was the the odd incident uh, Tuesday night with Giovanni Gallegos Gallegos yeah. of the Cards um, and Joe West Joe West who became the most. Uh, decorated, maybe the right word. Uh he's yeah. umped the most games in mm-hmm. the majors. Um five thousand and something. Yep. Um broke some record from 1920 or something like that. Um now I just kind of know him as a figure of fun. He's not some one I know an awful lot about um other than that he's kind of known for doing daft stuff. And he went and uh, stole Gallegos's cap, claiming it was covered in sticky stuff, uh, yeah. and there was some there was some general shenanigans after that because the uh, MLB have said they're going to crack down on this, yeah, um, and they were going to confiscate balls and send them off to a lab and all this, um, So, did you see that? What did you make of that?
1: I did. I was watching that game. I think that was the one with uh, John Gann started, and uh, oh, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. So I think he came in for like either the seventh inning and. Um, uh i I tuned into it and it look yeah i I tuned it right when like uh he was asking for his hat to be replaced And then Joe West <laughs> took his hat, and I think he he gave it to the ball boy of uh, the White Sox, and he's like, hey, go do what you need to do with going you know, to go give it to the proper authorities." And the funny part is that he still went out and pitched a stellar inning uh, yeah. for for the Cardinals, and uh, I believe he yeah, I think he got two out of the three outs for strikeouts anyway. So I, it wasn't like he needed the sticky stuff or whatever. Then, uh, they whatever. said that
0: his um his spin rate was down thirty RPM. Well, I don't know if. That's a lot or not a lot. Uh, I don't know. Thirty RPM is a percentage of what? I don't know. Um, but so no one appears to be really bothered about this sticky stuff. The players certainly don't care. Um, if anything, the, the kind of the bats here, it gives the pitcher a little bit more control, so they're not getting beamed by balls flying at their head at hundred mile an hour. Um, the player seems to be the one, the ones that uh, are bothered the least by all of this. So um, I don't know why um, MLB seem Seems yeah. so intent on that, but uh, it, the, the way Joe West goes about it uh, is just particularly funny. Like he's got—I quite enjoy his mannerisms. Although I imagine if I, if I had a dog in the fight and he was umpiring the game, then uh, I can imagine he—he uh, he would get on my nerves a little. But, but um. Yeah, that made me laugh this week. Um, what I really wanted to break down better wise this week, off and mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find any odds, but what's the space. We are going to get stuck into this. Um, and I don't know how much this would have come on your radar or any of your countrymen's radars. Uh, is the Olympic baseball squad, mm-hmm. did you get any of this? I mean, was this big news or would this completely and utterly go under the radar?
1: It, you know what? Especially here in the States, like it's flying under the radar because we have so many... Sports and playoff series going on right now that it's just kind of flying under the radar. And I honestly, I didn't even know about it until like you put it on our show notes, you know, between baseball going on and NBA and hockey playoffs. And, you know, we're ramping up for the football season. It just kind of flew under the radar. So, um, uh, I, I mean, I don't have much. For I know you, it was a discussion topic that you wanted uh, to. No,
0: it was just uh, it was just it was another one of these sort of unusual, unusual things. I think the rules were that the the players couldn't be on a forty-man MLB roster. Okay. So what you've ended up with is this: there's a bit of it's a, it's kind of a donut of a uh, of a roster. You've got a lot of old guys at the top. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing in the middle because everyone's playing MLB in the middle, and mm-hmm. then a load of young guys at the bottom. But there's some names on here. Um, oh, there, he has a name for you, Jaron Duran. He's one of your boys, isn't he? Yeah, the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got people like Matt Kemp. Um, wow. who was yeah yeah wait there's a there's a lot of wows in here. You know, this is what uh, appealed to me about it. John Jay is in there. Um. Matt Wieters, old catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd Fraser um, is in there. Is that on the team... roster this season? I thought he was. No, he, um, he... I've seen him in the Rangers shows early in the year. Probably got released. Yeah, released by the Rangers. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's got a, a free agent. And then there's two, there's people who've pitched fairly recently. Logan Forsyth. Um, there's hmm. a genuine... Um, Prospect, uh, what's his name? Uh, really good. Oh, Matthew Liberatore, uh, who's probably what he's one of the top cards prospects. Uh, yeah. David Robertson, relief pitcher. Remember him? Was he the Yankees and the Phillies? Yankees,
1: maybe White Sox, I believe. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it was just a, it's just a really funny list of names to go down. If I gave you the list of names without any other information and said, what of these people in common? I don't know how many guesses you'd have to have before you said, is that the Olympic baseball squad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Cause it was just a, just an odd thing. Um, but I then went down a rabbit hole of looking at the mm. Olympic baseball, baseball squad. Um, and it's been a few weeks since I gave you some, uh, some trivia, Munaf. Sure. Uh, so it's a, it, the, the Olympic baseball tournament is an eight team tournament. Mm. Um, and there are already, I think, six teams qualified. Okay. So I want you to give me as many of those qualified teams. I mean, I, think, I reckon you can make an educated guess. It's I'm going to set the the line at four and a half here. So you've got 30 seconds. Give me four and a half of these qualified teams for the Olympic baseball.
1: Qualified for the Olympics this coming summer yeah. or next? When
0: is it? This one? Yeah, yeah. Now. Okay. Soon, so a cu- couple of months.
1: Um, I think Cuba should already be qualified. No. Uh, nope. Man, oh golly. <laughs> uh,
0: Mexico. Mexico have qualified. They were the best team from the Americas, apparently.
1: Okay. Um, I don't think Canada would be one. Oh uh, God. Um, Japan. Yes,
0: Japan qualify okay. as hosts. South Korea or Canada Korean. were eliminated in the group stage. Cuba were eliminated in the group stage. yeah' you're not or far Cuba away. Was eliminated. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, it's a, they only played three games, so uh, Cuba won one and lost two, and that's enough. Like, it's not you don't get much to have a run at. You went for South Korea. Yes, have very much qualified.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, man, God, who else will there be? Um. Korea you said Korea. Uh you said six have already qualified. Sorry, already said three. Uh God, I don't even know. Canada, you said got knocked out. Um Mexico, Japan, Korea, Cuba, you said knocked out. I have no
0: idea what the other might be. Netherlands, maybe? Netherlands. Were they finished second in qualifying, and this is the other one. I don't know how many guesses you would have had to have before you said Israel.
1: You know what? That was kind of pondering in my mind, but was I it really? I didn't want to look like an idiot saying,
0: Israel. <laughs> oh, like an idiot for Enough. you could have, you could have taken, you could have won the speedboat if you uh, said Israel. It's okay, <laughs> you've been unlucky. Uh, thank you for. I get, I love, like, um. International tournaments, because mm-hmm. uh, obviously football is the it's the Euros this year. We have Euro, what should have been Euro twenty twenty, but yeah. Euros and a World Cup. Because you just never see in th- that the sort of thing where you might see Cameroon versus North Korea, the sort of thing where these two countries would never ever sort of be matched up or faced up. Uh, and the Olympics is great for that. The, I've actually been watching some ice hockey this week. Uh, the World Championships is on mm. in uh, Latvia. And Great Britain, who were traditionally terrible, Mm -hmm. um, have been doing all right this week. Me and uh, my boy watched, they beat Belarus last night. Belarus had a load of players who'd played um, in NHL and in the Russian League and the Swedish League and stuff, um, and Britain didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we beat Belarus 4-3 last night, so I've been quite enjoying that. But uh, I love this kind of mad international stuff, so yeah, like Israel versus um, South Korea in Olympic baseball is something for me to look forward to. Um, one more thing I was going to mention before we crack on with uh, this week's discussion topic um, is the uh, young lad who's pitched for Toronto tonight. I alluded to him in the introduction, uh, Alec Manoa, one of their top prospects. Um, just if you're a fantasy player, um He's really he's a must add in all formats, uh, whether it's points road or if you've got fab to spend this weekend, uh, if there's if there's gonna be a fab run, um, you might be worth spending sort of even maybe a quarter of your budget. Um he's pitched tonight, yeah. He's against the Yankees, the first um half of a double header.
1: Yeah,
0: mm. uh, Toronto won the game two nil. Um won the game with a box score of two hits allowed, um, six innings pitch, two hits allowed, two walks, seven strikeouts. Um, he actually beat Domingo Herman who didn't do an awful lot wrong. Uh, Herman only gave up three hits uh, in 5.2. innings. unfortunately, two of them went for home runs. And wow. uh, yeah, and Toronto won that game 2-0. Uh, so it was just a name to watch. Um, Alec Manoa, um, he'd be... I think staying in that Toronto rotation, uh, I don't see a reason why they'd be taking him out. Yep. He was actually fairly well stretched out his last three starts in AAA. He had something like a 0.48 ERA in AAA. Um only over 18 innings, but those 18 innings were three starts of six innings each. Um, so he was he was um, going deep into games in AAA, and he stepped up straight away tonight. Uh, and I don't see a reason why that won't continue. So if you are a fantasy player, um, he might kind of go under the radar, although tonight um, tonight's start might have brought him to some people's attention. Yeah. Uh, but if you are able to, to sneak in uh, and swoop for him, then he might be a man to add for you. Uh, in all formats of that game, okay, off, Um We are going to talk tonight a little bit about this. Was my my suggestion? Uh, we've had a look at a lot of divisions and player props and stuff. Um, and this market for me was still relatively wide open. It's three to one the field, so you got a three to one favourite. So everyone in the Everyone in the market is at a, a backable price, uh, and it's the American League, mm. um, so I'll let you start us off. When I when I said American League to in fact, I'll run down the odds first of the main contenders before we pick them out. Um, it's the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. who are the favourites of three to one, uh, Chicago White Sox at Plus four twenty-five, uh, the Rays plus six fifty, the A's plus eight hundred, the Astros plus eight fifty. I was surprised the A's and the Astros were that way around. And yeah. um, the Blue Jays plus nine fifty, and the Red Sox were plus a thousand. Uh, it was kind of sixteen to one bar down to Cleveland, people like that. And then there's quite a few bums in there, uh, Seattle, Baltimore teams like that, round about two hundred and fifty to one. Uh, but those were the those were all the single figure. Uh, Prices in there down to Boston at nine to one. So, um, what were your early thoughts on that, Bruno? And was there a real standout bet for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, I don't think I want any part of the Yankees right now, even though they had been pitching well. But I think another injury that we did mention for them was that they lost Aaron Hicks indefinitely and probably for the season. Um, so they lost an outfielder there, and then obviously we talked about Corey Kluber. Uh, so I don't want, not that I'm a Yankees hater or anything, but uh, yeah, I think that plus 400 is just, it's not a enough value for me. Um, White Sox make a lot of sense at plus 425 because of how they're doing on both sides of the baseball on pitching and batting. Um, I hate to say it, but I think, and I'm trying, I'm going to be a homer here, but I think the Astros are <laughs> plus 850.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to go Boston then. I, I was... We can get to Boston a
1: little bit, but uh, I have some <laughs> concerns about the Boston Red Sox, even though they're oh, okay. they're my favorite team and, and uh, I obviously want them to win, but I have some concerns there. But, um, you know, I've been harping, we've been talking about a lot, that AL West division a lot this season, right? And I think for the Astros, even right now to be at plus 850 and maybe at some other books, you can find it at a better price at maybe nine to one or maybe even some 10 to ones there um their their batting has just been incredible this season so far they're ranks amongst the tops in almost all the statistical categories in uh the entire MLB and i think there was you know some metrics that i wanted to kind of run by you for this uh Astros team and especially against left-handed pitching um in the American League since we're talking about uh American League teams so obviously the against left-handed pitching in particular. So we talked about, you know, how the white Sox do really well against left-handed pitching. That's some ridiculous record that were there like 23 or 24 and one against left-handed pitching, but wow. yeah, I, put, I pulled up the stats for the Astros. So I just kind of want to run, run this by you. So the number two, number two team against left-handed pitching, and this is run scored was the Baltimore Orioles who have scored 86 runs. The Boston Red Sox have scored 82 runs. And then the number four team is the Oakland A's, who have scored 80 runs. So, and obviously, Houston Astros are number one. How many runs do you think they have scored this season against left handed pitching based on those three teams that I just mentioned, who are two, three, and four? So 86, 82, and 80 are the two to four teams. And Houston Astros are number one. So, how many runs do
0: you think they've scored? Wow. Um, you put me on the spot here. It's going to be about four. Run 40%, percent 60 Uh 108.
1: 125. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and I was, you know, when I was selecting or looking at some of the picks for this week, and then I came across that, and it was just amazing for me to see. And against left hand, against right handed pitching, you would think a right handed batter team would be better. But when you take a look at the the hits that they have against left handed pitching. Baltimore is number two at 146. The Houston Astros are 211 hits against left-handed pitching. So they're absolutely just crushing it. Uh, 284 batting average against left-handed pitching. But we take a look at their lineup and we talk about these this team pretty much all season long. And we've talked about them a lot on our podcast is their batting averages among their top guys is incredible. I'm just going to run this down here real quick. So they have four guys, five guys that are batting above 300. Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, Jose Altuve, uh, Jordan Alvarez, who just went on the DL again, or sorry, the aisle for 10 days. And then Michael Brantley, all above 300. Now I know the conversations are going to start after using the buzzer and all of that and banging on trash cans again. But I, I think that this is something that we we can't look past, and um, I think this team has. We know they have that chip on their shoulder to kind of go out and prove that that you know they're they've been deemed as the bad guys in the in in, in baseball, and rightfully so, right? Because they did get caught cheating, and players have come out and said. Or former players have come out and said that every team does it. It was just that the Astros got made an. I can't
0: remember like there was a there was a player in the news this week, who's mm-hmm. being interviewed and pretty much spilled the beans on everybody. So, yeah. um, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of teams who just really need to be quiet now because yeah. if they if they keep on pushing it, then they're just going to be as exposed as Houston were.
1: Yeah, Evan, you know, just the one concern for me, at least for the Astros, is. Obviously, the pitching, um, you know, Zach Greinke, for some reason, does really well on the road this season. I think he has an ERA that's under two on the road, and he's just getting hammered at home. But then I, we got news this week for the Astros that Framer Valdez is supposed to be coming back this week. I believe he's starting yeah, tomorrow he he's or Thursday.
0: he's to pitch. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Jose Arcadi also got a uh, – I think he threw a game down there in the minors for him to kind of come back up. Obviously, the big thing is that they're waiting for Justin Verlander. Who knows if he's going to pitch again this season? But that probably won't be till September or even October if they make it to the playoffs. So I think for me, the Astros at around plus eight fifty, close to nine to one. I think that makes me makes a whole lot of sense for me to back a team to win this AL pennant.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Munaf. Um, backing a few things up um, that you've just mentioned, they do have the as a team, the best batting average in that league, 268. Yeah. Um, Boston, uh, nearest at 260, the White Sox, 254. Then it kind of drops off a cliff a little bit. Um, mm. There's a lot of uh, 230s and stuff around there. But you mentioned the pitching being of a slight concern. Now, they're they're ranked 10th in pitching war, but the are um, ERA of 3.86. Really deserves to be a lot higher. That says to me they've been a little bit unlucky. Uh, yeah. The Yankees and the White Sox have got a great ERA, three point two. But Boston is sitting in third at three point nine four. Um, so they've got a worse ERA uh, as a team than Houston. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting in third in that in that table, and Houston is sitting in tenth. Yeah. So there's been a few uh, a few things where they've been a little bit unlucky. Um, so I think that suggests to me um, that there's that there's a little bit of improvement as well. Um, The Yankees are really a hard team. They're a real head-scratching team. Um, They say that 3-1 to one at the minute doesn't hugely appeal to me. I was listening as a, I drove home from work about an hour ago mm-hmm. and I had the uh, radio call of the Yankees, that Yankees-Blue Jays game that we just spoke about with uh, young Alec Manoa pitching well. And um, the la- I don't know her name, but the the lady who does the announcing for the Yankees on their radio call mentioned the RBI stats, and um, she blindsided the the co-commentator just like you did with me on in the in the left-handed baton stats there, and it was the RBI figure. Um, so, and it was in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Boston have hit 239 RBIs, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay 238 RBIs. And then um, New York, we're all the way down at 175. That's a huge disparity. I mean, that was 60, 64, 63 and 64 RBIs. That's 25% fewer. That's not just a few. Um, so they're sitting down in 10th, uh, a batting average at 231. We just talked about uh, Houston being up there 268. Uh, and the other thing with New York uh, is the defensive war is minus five point four. Now that's bad. Um they're bumming around with uh the likes of uh the teams were below them, uh, Seattle and Kansas and Detroit. Um so on on all sides of the ball, like you mentioned how well the Chicago White Sox are doing. Mm. I think by the same token, there's just there's just enough red flags um to put you off. Uh, that 400 price on the Yankees. I agree with you on the White Sox. Um, I thought the injuries were going to catch up with them. I thought their chance might have been gone at the start of the season when Eloy hurt himself and then Lewis Robert hurt himself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they might be a little bit better than I gave them credit for and might run a little bit deeper than I gave them credit for. Uh, They are sitting top of those batting standings uh, with a a war of 10.2 good batting average, um, good walk rate. They've got the second best walk rate, 10.5%. Uh, uh, they're not striking out uh, particularly highly. And then uh, pitching, um, the White Sox and the Yankees are the two teams who have really got some separation at the top of that chart. Um, we've spoke, you've been quite sweet on the on the pitch and we've spoke about it already on the show. Yeah. Uh, Rodon, Giolito, Keigel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've, they've, they've got a little bit of separation um, at the top of there. So I was happy with that. What about the the Midland teams then? Uh, Tampa Bay, Oakland, and Toronto. I mean, they're all single figure prices, and they all do some good things well. But I think they need they'll need to put it all together uh, for me to want to back one of those three teams. Mooner.
1: Yeah, and we talked about the Rays, you know, quite a bit, and they're always a team that are just always hanging around there. They're always a team that's going to make the playoffs, you know, whether it's by division or most likely it's always in the wild card for them. So they always find a way. I think the surprising thing for the wide, sorry, the uh, Rays this season has been um, their batting, which has not been so great over the last couple years. It's really been their pitching that's kind of carrying them. But this season – Um, Their batting has really stepped up for them. And, you know, if we kind of just kind of look at the metrics for the Tampa Bay Rays, they are number, they're tied with the Red Sox in the American League for runs scored at 259. Uh, The batting average is a little bit down. Um, They're at number 10 at 232. But if we talk about how many hits they have, they're at number four in the American League. But I I think the one thing that really stuck out to me when I was looking at the uh, Rays was how well they do with hitters in scoring position, especially with yeah. two outs. Um, they're middle of the pack at six, but you know they really do a great job of uh, driving in runs with guys in scoring position. Uh, rot, uh, sorry, the Red Sox and the Astros are number one hits in that cart category, but in far as runs scored, Tampa Bay right up there with the White Sox, Red Sox. Sorry, yeah, the White Sox, the Red Sox, and the Astros, so... Um, You know, that's interesting to see how well Kevin Cash has really got their batters going. And it's kind of been led by their rookie sensation or, you know, Randy Rosarena and some of those other guys in that lineup. So, um, you know, Tampa Bay is never always the big sexy pick that people want to pick, whether it's between the Red Sox or the Yankees. So I think that's a team that kind of, you know, is in a small market that you always want to keep an eye out for because they always, always find a way to make it into the playoffs. And we saw last season, they made it into the World Series against the Dodgers and just fell short. But you know, they're they're a gritty team. And I think, you know, I, I'm not sure those odds are good enough for me to bet on them at that price. If it was anything from 10 to one or, or higher, I probably would have pulled a plug. But for, for me to see them at plus 650, it's uh it, it's kind of i uh it's kind of surprising to me.
0: Yeah, the other thing they've been doing is uh, running. They've been stealing a lot of bases. Um, yeah. Again, that's something that you kind of have to do is to manufacture runs. Um, and the, the difference, they've stolen 28 bases. If you compare that to the New York Yankees at 11. Now, um, we just talked about the lack of RBIs for the New York Yankees. That's kind of telling you that they, if um, if they're hitting the a home run, New York, that it's a solo shot yeah. because they they haven't got the people on base uh, with that low batting average and then they're not advancing the runners. Um, so that's something that uh, Tampa Bay have done really well. So it's something the rest of the you kind of associate with the with the, with the poorer teams, Kansas City uh, lead in 36 with, with Merrifield and uh, or what really would have been Mondesi, that would have been way up there if he Had he not been injured, and maybe you don't associate as much with the top teams, although uh, the Padres are running absolutely all over everybody uh, this this season. But um, yeah, that's something that Tampa do as well. They just kind of all round, all round do absolutely everything. And you're right, the pitching, the pitching's been absolutely excellent. Uh, uh, Team ERA of three point five two, which is third. Behind those two, we just said that the Yankees and the White Sox had created some separation there. Uh, but Tampa Bay mm-hmm. um, are really on their road in third. They've got in their own tier in third. The things then drop off to kind of 3.7s and 3.8s, where it brings in all these middling teams. yeah, uh, Oakland and Cleveland and Houston and Toronto. So, yeah, Tampa Bay... Um, they kind of they do sort of live in their own tier where they're not they're not particularly fashionable. Um they're not going to be the uh, the people's choice like the Yankees and the White Sox. Um but they are better than the teams that I would say immediately below them. Um maybe with the exception of the Astros again. We've I, I feel like we've labored the point a little bit on the Astros yeah. uh, over the last month because every market, they whether it was the 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 division or the the Astros tend to jump out a little bit for us. Mm. Um, And finally, Munaf, I'll I'll give you last word on this, on your Red Sox uh, plus 1,000. what, If anything, what would put you off uh, Boston?
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that they're a great offensive team. We, We already talked about the offensive numbers for the American League and Red Sox are... Uh, either the best or up there tied with the Astros as being the best, whether it's in batting average run scored hits and all those good categories. But, you know, the concern for the, uh, for for the Red Sox is the pitching, right? Because I don't think there's still a true number one ace on this team. Like some of these other teams have, you know, we talk about the white Sox who have, I think two to three options on who can be that number one guy, at least for this season with Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn, and you know, coming into the season, Lucas Giolito was supposed to be that guy for them, and he had a r- rough rough month of April for the White Sox. But Lance Lynn and um, Carlos Rodon have really stepped up in that that role as the true ace. So, you know, as far as the Red Sox, they don't have that number one guy, which is kind of concerning. They are supposed to get back Chris Sale uh, relatively sooner rather than later. I did see news that he did pitch uh some bullpen uh sessions so it's just a matter of time before they get him down to the minors to get some uh get some games in there to get some pitching but you know we we we've talked about how Eduardo Rodriguez was probably supposed to be that guy for them as probably the number 2 guy or the ace this season for them but he really hasn't been he's had two rough starts in a row you know Alex Cora came out and said they're not really concerned about him he does have a 5.06 ERA, which is a little concerning. You no, know, Nathan Navalny, uh, another guy that we were kind of high on coming into the season for this Red Sox team. He's been okay. Um, you know Garrett Richards has been a pleasant surprise and then you have Martin Perez. So you know it's a lot of guys in this rotation that are you know three or four guys in, in the rotation. But again, that true ace is not probably going to come for the Red Sox until they get Chris Sale back. And I expect this team, that if they are in contention, come to trade deadline for them to be, you know, buyers for a top-end arm in that starting rotation with some of these teams that might be sellers. So I think until the Red Sox are, are going to shore up that, um, that pitching rotation, I, I'm not buying them yet, but if it was close to maybe like the 12 to one or 13 or to 15 to one, I would definitely put some dollars down on that because they're still in the fight for that American league East, you know? So uh, I think last night is a prime example that they went up, they had to put up enough runs to win that game even though they gave up five runs. So, you know, for this Red Sox team, at least for right now, it's going to be that they're going to have to put up, you know, five, six, seven runs a night for them to win ball games. Until they, you know, figure out what the pitching rotation is going to be for them.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a fair price. Um, might be the sort of price you take, maybe if you were a Red Sox fan, because yeah. what they've done is they've put themselves in contention. For sure. Um, and their prices on all the markets are probably around about a half uh, of what they were to start with. Um, and I don't think you underestimate the uh, the. Effect that the manager's had coming back in obviously knows, yeah. knows the club, uh, knows the the clubhouse and what have you, um, yeah. and it's just got them ticking back over, kind of the way they used to be. So, um, they've put themselves in contention, and, yeah, and, it, and it doesn't take a uh, huge of faith. And what is it? That's a it's a, it's a wide open market. I mean, yeah. uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams there, um, all ranked from sort of three to one to ten to one, and it's not going to take much to move the needle uh, on any of those teams Moon. off. I don't think.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And if I did have to pick, if you had a gun to my head right now, who I would think that would go to the world series. If the season ended today, it would probably be the Chicago white Sox. I'll agree with you on that because uh, both sides of the ball, like we said, they are absolutely phenomenal, even without with their two injuries, big injuries that they add to their lineup with Eloy and uh, Lewis Roberts. Um, they they have found other guys to step up in that role, and I, and I just can't get away from how well this pitching rotation, especially their starters, have been. You know, guys that have ERAs. I think two other guys are ERAs of under two. We know Lucas Giolito is gonna get back to his form as, as a Cy young guy. So I'm excited for that rotation for that uh Chicago White Sox team. But the, you know, the one concern is is that have the players are the players just going to worry about winning or is Tony Tony Russa going to find a way to <laughs> shit the bed and then to just turn this team against him? I don't know. But for me right now, it probably has to be the Chicago White Sox.
0: Yeah. La Russa stayed out of the news this week, which has got to be positive. <laughs> um, yeah. Th- I agree with you. The, the, what I'd put up there is that pl- plus plus four twenty five. Yeah. Uh, on the White Sox. Uh, that is the selection uh, for both me and off at present. Uh, for the National League. Um, Winbet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at Winbet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. You want some 425? About those Chicago White Sox, get over to Winbet, get your 500 bonus and maybe top it up with the Boston Red Sox at 10 to 1. Uh, We've got all all angles covered. Tell you what though, off. I've had a busy day today. Worked three jobs. Uh, got home from a busy evening dealing blackjack to the good people uh, of County Durham tonight. Mm. Uh, got home, needed a moment to chill before I got into the podcast with you. Uh, needed to hit the reset button for what was next. So that's so When you need a moment to turn off and hit reset, that's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer's cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look d- delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors, Brewers- Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their Fantasy Best Ball Tournaments are some of the best around including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. Don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com Promo code SGPN. So, MoonAf, moving on to the weekend series. Uh, it's currently Thursday night as we're recording this. Mm. So, we normally have a look for Friday to Sunday where when we'll unpack um, what's happened over the weekend, um, what's caught your eye series wise, pitching matchups, uh, any stories that's uh, happening over the weekend that we need to know about.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about this every weekend or, you know, when we're previewing a new week and, you know, series that kind of stand out to us. And uh, as baseball fans, what to kind of keep an eye on, um, you know, there's a couple in there that, you know, obviously we talked about the NL East last week. You have the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets uh, going off this weekend. I think that'll be an intriguing series. Um, I think the other one I saw was, yeah, the Padres and the Astros um, going off this weekend. That'll be. Fun to watch. Um, you know, one of the one of the best teams from each uh, uh league there squaring off there in Houston. Um did
0: see. the Astros yeah. split that series with the Dodgers this week. That was a the two dear Yeah.
1: To two two games. I think uh yeah, Kershaw uh won the first game. And then I think they came back and beat Trevor Bauer in that game too. Uh, I think. No, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, Altuve homered in that game. Correo homered in that game. So, um, so I actually picked the Dodgers yes, to win both of those did, games. They beat
0: them five two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you did.
0: Yeah. You got yeah. it the wrong way around. Yeah.
1: So that that was good to see for the Astros at least split them there. And then I think the other series for me is going to again be that San Francisco Giants and the LA Dodgers. You know, NL West division rivals. Um, you know, San Francisco is still battling in that NL West division, so. Uh, those are the three that kind of stuck out to me for this coming weekend.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. The The Braves and the Mets is an old one because this is a good chance really for the Braves to take advantage of the problems that the Mets have. It's, in terms of that division, uh, we dwelt on it. Um, last week, and really, the, the Mets are still the only team over 500. Um, they've won a doubleheader against Colorado tonight, which helps. Colorado are a poor team, uh, and the Mets have managed to to win two relatively low-scoring um, mm. seven-inning games tonight, which has put them up to a percentage of 545. Um, Philadelphia and Atlanta chasing them at 490. So the Mets have just got a little, little bit of breathing space, and they need it because the it's going to be a slog for them uh, in the next in the next couple of uh, weeks, particularly maybe two or three weeks, till they get a few more players back. Uh, so Atlanta, I think, would fancy their chances of getting back uh, of getting at the Mets. They really need to get at the Mets and close that gap and, and squeeze them a little bit, put a bit of pressure on. Um, the Angels, read the A's. Um, I've watched a couple of these games this week, and I've been again a bit like Tampa Bay. They they they, they seem to be more than the sum of their parts. They they come together, uh, they come together quite well. And the Angels, um, apart from as we've said, having one or two fun players, um, their pitching's just absolutely horrible. I was one hit away. Griffin Cannon cost me last night. I parlayed um Oakland mm-hmm. over Seattle in the race to four runs. Yeah. And Auckland had that uh, nailed down. And I parlayed that with Griffin Cannon to let up over four and a half hits. And they pulled him out of the game on four hits. Um, so I missed I was around about three to one, I think the double was. Um, so I was a little bit disappointed with that. But um, the Angels are still struggling. And I do. I've been... Like I said, I've been slightly... There's a couple of teams that I feel I've been a little bit dismissive of um, and uh, maybe maybe they're a little bit better. The, the Cubs are one. The mm-hmm. Cubs are winning more games and playing better than I thought they would be. Yeah. Uh, and I think in the Oakland A's, uh, I think are another one. And um, that Padres-Astros one, it's a good point for the Astros because they these are the series that they're going to have to be competitive in. We've talked about a lot of, to win the division, to win the league. We've talked about the world series and stuff like that uh, tonight, plus eight fifty um, to be, to win the American league. Um, but these are the, these are the series uh, where they're going to have to be competitive against the, against the teams that are around them uh, rather than a lot of the poorer teams. Um, picks wise, then Moonaf, we are going to here, make some picks. That's what we're here for. Um, Who's going first this week? What was the situation last week? Because really, i could got do with keeping it the same um, I because I... I went two for two.
1: Yeah, I think I've been leading off, so you want to keep it the same way? Yeah, I think we should. I don't okay. want to jinx anything. All right. So, um, yeah, both of my picks are going to go tomorrow night. Um, the first one, I'm going to go with the total. As a lock, it's going to be between the Baltimore Orioles and the Chicago White Sox. It will probably come out around nine, maybe nine and a half. Um, but it's going to be Matt Harvey versus Dallas Keuchel. Uh, we know the story of Matt Harvey. You know, he's been a, really bad on the road this season. He got off to a decent start, and we had talked about this early in the podcast. That was the guy that we wanted to start fading, and we said to wait. And now I think it's the time to get on
0: that board <laughs> and start we go. fading him home.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like I said, he's been bad on the road this season. He has a 7.03 ERA. Uh, 5.4 ERA at night. So obviously, some for some reason, he does do better during the day. Um, you know, in Harvey's starts this season, they're averaging close to 10.33 runs per game. And then you take a look at Dallas Keiko, left-handed hurler for the Chicago White Sox. He has a 5.16 ERA at home, a 5.35 ERA. And then we talked about earlier uh, when we were talking about left-handed pitching, or sorry, left-handed hittering. Uh, Baltimore we call my eye, and they were, they are currently in the American League, number two in runs scored and hits against left handed pitchers. And they're number, sorry, number two in runs scored. And they're number four in hits and number two in batting average. So uh, for my luck, I will take the Baltimore Orioles uh, versus the Chicago White Sox over uh, tomorrow night. And then my dog, uh, I'm not sure if this will be a dog, but I think it'll probably be close to a pickem or a minus 10, minus 110 each way. But, uh, this is gonna be my last time I try to back a uh, Nationals pitcher. I know I took Joe Ross twice, or I took, I think I took Lester once, and I took Joe Ross twice, and I went zero and two again against both of them. So trend lightly on this one, but you know Lester has not been good in the past two starts against um, you know his opponents. But I think this is a good bounce back spot for him being at home. Lester has pretty good numbers against the Brewers in 2020 and two starts. He pitched 12 innings. Did give up 12 hits, but only gave up five earned runs in the, over those 12 innings. And then 2019, he had three starts against them in 19 innings pitch. Uh, did allow 20 hits, but only gave up eight earned runs in those three starts. And then you have Brett Anderson that's supposed to be scheduled a starter for the um, Brewers on Friday night against opposing John Lester. And uh, he has a 4.91 ERA on the road this season, a 4.6 ERA at night. Washington is number two in batting average against left-handed pitching in the in the National League and number five in runs scored against left-handed pitching. And then uh, John Lester obviously also being a left-handed pitcher. Brewers are number 12 in the National League out of 15 teams in batting average and a number 11 in the hits out of 15 teams in the National League. So um, I think this would be a good bounce back spot for the Nationals going up against the um, – Brewers tomorrow night, and so that's going to be the over in the Orioles and White Sox game, that's my lock, and then it should be probably close to even money or minus 110 each way for John Lester taking the mound against the Milwaukee Brewers tomorrow night.
0: Excellent, Moonaf. you make a watertight case uh, for both of those. Uh, my lock is going on Saturday night, and that's going to be Zach Wheeler and the Phillies um, over Ryan Yarbrough and Tampa Bay. Um, I just really think Ryan Yarbrough's been found out. I've watched quite a lot of him and he's kind of he's a bit Kyle Hendricks like uh, Kyle Hendricks, someone we've spoke a little bit uh, about. The the it, uh, more of a finesse pitcher, th- chucks it up there. It's over 88, 89 miles an hour. And Ryan Yarbrough came out of. Long relief. He pitched a lot of long relief uh, in the last couple of years. Or he would be the uh, he would follow an opener. He would take maybe the bulk of the innings. Go go twice through the order uh, to follow an opener in Tampa. Mm-hmm. But I think as he's as he's transitioned into a starter. He uh, he went okay early on, but I think he's been found out. Um He's two and three this season with a four point two seven ERA. Uh, which isn't huge, but he, he gave up three home runs in his last outing uh, last week, and luckily for him, there were th- all were three solo shots, um, so it didn't it wasn't a total disaster. But I think the Phillies can get to him, and if they can get to him with a few more ducks on the pond, um, they can they can put a few runs on the board. And Zach Wheeler for the Phillies, um, he's been outstanding, dominated. The Red Sox last week, seven and one third innings, uh, twelve strikeouts, uh, only allowed one run on three hits and a walk. So I'm happy to take uh Zach Wheeler against Ryan Yarborough on Saturday night for my luck and my dog. I'm gonna go on Friday night. We're gonna have a busy, a busy night Friday moon after both your picks going. Uh, and I'm gonna take my dog. Now, you might Scratch your head a little bit this one. I'm gonna take the Detroit Tigers against Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees. Mm. Um <laughs> you would not be the only one making that noise right at this moment, I don't think. Um I've done this a little bit before I got I remember I got de Grand beat earlier in the season by uh, somebody at two to one. Um Casey is done all right. Um 3.4 to ERA, which isn't bad. He's three and three. Um, but in his last four starts, he's had four um, starts this month um, and the opponents are only hitting 141 against him. Uh, 20 strikeouts. Now, we've already... The other thing that turned me on to this was looking at the wars of the Yankees hitters um, because we were talking about, uh, talking about that in relation uh, to our... Divisional betting. So I think those two things coupled together, the fact he's limiting up over to 141 um, and the Yankees are struggling a little bit uh, to put the ball in play, I think gives my a, a, a live chance. Um, it is going to be a fancy price. You might get plus 200. You might get a little bit bigger even. Yeah. Um, but I think Gerrit Cole, I mean, Gerrit Cole's 6-2. He's beatable. So I think he got, he got turned over last time out by... Um, can't remember who it was. Um, it was a game that we talked about here. Um, but yeah, he, he got turned over by somebody last time out. Um, he is rocking a 1.81 ERA with 92 strikeouts. So nothing wrong with that. But if the Tigers can can hang with them, and they, they, they can be a little bit feisty. Um, so yeah, I'm going out on a limb tonight. Uh, and I'm going to take Casey Myers and the Detroit Tigers uh, as my dog uh, to follow up Zach Wheeler and Ryan Yarbrough. Um as my luck on Saturday night and that moon off I believe brings us to the end of the podcast um, as always our Tallyside picks are up on tallyside.com they are embedded on the uh, Sports Camden podcast website uh the DraftKings league is still going strong every night uh, if you want to get in the slack channel hit us up hit us up on twitter myself or am um you can find us on spotify and itunes and all sorts of places uh, and If you want to come along and have a have a run out in the in the DraftKings kings Nightly league it's only two dollars and there's a uh, quite a bit of smack talk the slack channel is a great place the slack channel has hit uh all manner of um dj depth this week uh with the uh the virtual horse that's been running <laughs> the, the, the Sean and Ryan and the proud owners uh, of a of a cartoon horse, yeah. which was I think there was quite a lot of enthusiasm earlier in the week when it won a race or two, uh, and it's currently running itself directly in the glue factory I think over the last few nights. Um, but you know, we're there in it for the long haul. So, the Slack channel's been a very vibrant place this week. Uh, so if you are ever interested in a lot of smack talk and some uh and some fun gambling chat, the Slack channel is ab- absolutely uh the place for you. Uh, Moon, is there anything else we need to tell the people about?
1: No, <laughs> this is funny when you're talking about the horse. <laughs> it, it, it's funny how excited we get <laughs> watching every race, and I think they're doing like four to five races for that horse like every single day that took, there's at least like three a night and we all we all get excited for it and then and like at the end like he kind of poo-poos out and he ends up like in 12th, 11th or 12th place but you know it's gonna take a, it's gonna take a little bit for us to uh for sean and ryan to get their horse you know i,
0: mean, I was sitting in bed the other night it was 12:41 a.m and I was like, I was dying to go to sleep, but I couldn't go to sleep till I'd watched the cartoon horse, <laughs> and. It's the moments like that when I was pondering a lot of my life choices, thinking, what am I doing? This is perfectly normal. Yeah. I'm sitting on YouTube, uh, in, in a YouTube chat, watching this cartoon horse face before I could get to sleep. And then the first thing I do wake up in the morning is open my laptop and get on this Slack channel to see the 47 messages and try and establish how many other times during the night it's ran and has <laughs> it actually beat any other cartoon horses home. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's been great entertainment this week.
1: Yeah, I know the Slack channel is always fun. There's so many different channels, whether whatever sports you're interested, in, whether it's MLB, uh, NHL, MMA fighting, uh, NASCAR, uh, NBA is going in there, and then we all obviously have the college basketball. We have every single sport that you might be interested in. There's also a hidden gem channel that maybe a lot don't know about. It's a it's a food uh, food channel where we just talk about. <laughs> Barbecuing and and, there's a lot
0: of there's a lot of ribs in that channel.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. But uh definitely join the Slack channels SG.pn slash Slack. And like Malcolm mentioned, check out the website sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We have all sorts of podcasts on there, NBA, MMA, golf. The guys are killing it on every single podcast. So and then check out all the content we have going up on uh on the website. So you know it's it's a great time to be part of the SGPN community. And it's only on to bigger and better things for us. So you definitely want to be part of that ride.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It couldn't be more fun, I Absolutely love it. Uh, thanks, man, for joining me tonight. Uh, I look forward to speaking to you on Sunday. Hopefully we'll have some uh, winners to discuss, etc. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a good weekend. Uh, we'll see you down the road.